What's up everybody, welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast, backed by a 120 power star rating, and the doors to episode 154 are open. This week we'll be talking lightly about Pikmin Deluxe, which was announced over the week, uh, a little bit of tidbits of news, and just generally having a good time. Uh, but first, this week's guest is a bit of an oddball that uh, I picked up off the curb, uh, because, you know what, why not? Uh, it's a friend of mine from Brisbane, Oliver Peachy. Say hello. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, he uh, picked me up off the curb about, what, seven, eight years ago, and he just hasn't been able to get rid of me. No, no. Yeah, right off the curb, right out, uh, right out the front. Of a uh, of a shake and bake or some shit. I don't know. A shake and bake. Yeah, that yeah. I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah, you know, just when you want to get your shaking and bacon. I don't know. You tell me. What were you doing there? Um. Well, what everyone else does there. Shaking and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so for those who don't know you, uh, let's uh, just give you a slight introduction. Uh. What, what is your favorite Nintendo game? Uh, a bit of maybe maybe some uh, you know rose tinted glasses here, but uh, one of the games I grew up on was Banjo Kazooie, so it would probably have to be that. Yep. So going uh, going back on the N sixty four and tickling my loins because Banjo Man oh. here. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And is there anything you particularly want to say about yourself? Um, well, as opposed to the, I assume the regular guests you'd have on here, uh, I actually don't have a great deal of recent Nintendo outgoings. Um, like I grew up with the games, and then I stopped playing them for a long time, and I've only recently got back up, back into them. Uh, which I'm having a lot of fun with. Like, I've, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. It's a fantastic time. And I'm excited to, you know, get a view into the, the world of the recent Nintendo developments. Beautiful. And uh, I guess uh, what we usually do at the start of the show is just talk about what we've been playing. So I'm going to let you go first with that. Uh, can, can be from anything. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I was like, uh... Breath of the Wild and Smash Brothers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know you've been playing them, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from that, it's primarily been um, a a game that I, in honest opinion, think deserves more popularity than it has called Hunt Showdown. And uh, a friend recently picked me up uh, Escape from Tarkov, so I've been delving into that a bit, and my god, I'm so lost. See, I don't know much about Escape from Tarkov, like, at all. Uh, it's your typical... Well, not really typical. It's a it's a very in-depth military sim. Um, right. You've got, like, a main character that you can play as anytime they get killed in action. You have to pay for medical fees to get them back up and running. Uh, you go into a mission, you pick up loot, you try and escape with that loot. And there's NPCs and players in them. Or okay, you so it's in- basically... Sorry. It's basically a game crafted for you. More or less, yeah. With my whole like down shooter tea. background. <laughs> it really tickles the uh, it really tickles the uh, the autism in me, you know. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> hey, I can say that. It's not yeah, politically I know. incorrect. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. 
and that's fine. Um, as for me, uh, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of time to play video games this week. I've played Final Fantasy fourteen, and that's pretty much it. Oh yeah, um, too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're both stuck in that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We we, we got a raid group to manage and uphold and do all those nice things, and it's basically you know, babysitting. <laughs> non-paid babysitting right babysitting we pay to do (laughs) the monthly sub right yeah okay so with that uh with that said and done basically what i'm going to do is we're going to go straight into the news for this week uh we have a few articles here that i've brought up for pleasure and yeah i guess we'll just talk about that is that all I fight for my friends. My body is still Okay, jumping straight into the news, and this is something I kind of want your input on slightly. Uh, Nintendo announces Pikmin 3 Deluxe for Nintendo Switch coming 30th of October. Uh, This is from my Nintendo news, and the article reads, At the far reaches of of space lies a mysterious yet oddly familiar alien world. Filled with cute creatures, hidden surprises, larger than life fun. Clear a landing zone because Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Because, wow, this is really worded Ter- with. Terribly worded. It's like when you fill, like you're writing an essay and you've got like a word count to meet. And so you just oh. kind of add words where you can. <laughs> right. Uh, clear a landing zone because the Pikmin 3 Deluxe game is headed to the Nintendo Switch. See where I got screwed up there? Yeah, yeah. Um, on October 30th. Pikmin 3 originally launched on the Wii U and is now making the leap to Nintendo Switch with new content, more options for cooperative play, and a range of settings that make it easier for newcomers to jump in. These tiny Pikmin are ready to make your acquaintance in their biggest adventure yet, so take a peek at the Pikmin Platoon in the game's debut trailer. Pikmin 3 Deluxe isn't your garden variety adventure. Command a crew of three explorers and a squad of adorable Pikmin in a quest to survive in uh, in a quest for survival. Jesus, packed with puzzles to solve and copious critters to battle. After a crash landing, you'll explore a variety of lush environments such as the snow-covered distant tundra, the Twilight River, and the Garden of Hope, all teeming with wondrous, formidable life forms. Uh, and then a blurb which. Uh, is by Nick Chavez of Nintendo's America's it, of Nintendo of America's senior vice president of sales and marketing says, Pikmin 3 Deluxe brings this classic franchise to life on Nintendo Switch, introducing a new audience to its beloved characters and gameplay, while also welcoming back returning players with new challenges. Uh, with Pikmin 3 Deluxe, the Nintendo Switch library of software continues to grow with a variety of games for everyone to discover and enjoy. Now. That's pretty much uh, what I'm going to read. There is a bit more, but it is mostly talking about how Pikmin works and what you do in the game. Um, so, well, not gonna lie, that's about as far as I read. I didn't even realize there was more there. There is a little bit more there, but the thing is, is that with Pikmin, uh, Pikmin Three being a port over, you know, most 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 of us know it, right? Yeah. Um, and being a wee well. I'd, I'd say most of us know it, but only 12, mini, 12 million people bought the Wii U. Um, but it is a little bit concerning just reading the release date for this game, and that is 30th of October, and it's being announced now. Yeah, I mean, well, 
it's a little bit off, right? But it's all in all, it's still a a port of a game with a few additional features, right? Like it's not like a whole lot of work has to go into it. You know what I mean? Compared to a new uh, entry in the franchise. Well, yeah, but I mean, like the same with um, the same with Tropical Freeze port and with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe they add new features and stuff like that I think I think it's reasonable that they did it and they moved it over like they did with Mario Kart because Pikmin 3 and I've always said it on the show that the Wii U has an incredible library of software just really shit hardware Um, and I think this is one of those titles that's deserving to be here Uh, so I'm happy about it but the when it was announced, it was like, "Oh, it's coming thirtieth of October." So this is the only game we've sort of we've sort of got in the main Nintendo lineup uh, that's in visual sight for the rest of the year. Um, so concerns are starting to come up as to whether this is pretty much what we're getting for the rest of the year. I mean, with all the the ongoings of the world right now, it's it's kind of understandable to a point. Um, you know, production times are vastly slowed down, so it's possible they just wanted to get something out for the players so that they've got something new-ish to enjoy in the meantime while they eventually finish up the projects they have going. Right, and I think I think that's pretty much what it is. Uh, but with something that we talked about last week on the show, it was sort of like, you know, is, does this mean that, like, anything noteworthy that sort has sort of come up in news whether it be breath of the wild or um there was a rumored mario collection for his 35th anniversary um supposedly coming to switch um like is, is that sort of just thrown out the window now because I, I i don't even like i'd like to think oh hey we're you know we're gonna get a mario collection at the end of the year it's fine or hey we're gonna get breath of the wild 2 at the end of the year it's fine we know what we're getting we're getting something big uh, only to sort of get a, a, port, a port of Pikmin 3. And I mean, uh, I know there's a bunch of people that uh, we're friends with, uh, including the uh, wonderful Paul James, who loves Pikmin 3 and has been pushing it on Twitter really, really hard. Um, and it's it's definitely a worthy game, especially if it's your first time experiencing it. But for that to be, like, the only thing that's in visual sight, I think, is a little bit concerning. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely fair. Like, it's not really a new game. People who have played Pikmin 3 to death probably aren't going to play a lot of this, so it's kind of... Unless they're speedrunners. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, not getting anything for the, the Mario anniversary, like you mentioned, is... Um, Kind of a letdown, for sure. You know, apart from the Origami King, but that's kind of a whole different beast, isn't it? I mean, that's if it that's if it doesn't happen yet, because the rumour was going around was that um, there was a collection of uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Odyssey supposedly coming out. Um, it's been rumoured since the start of the year, but we've had absolutely no inkling as to whether that's actually the case. Yeah, I mean, that would be fantastic, because I never really got a plan to play... Like, I never really got a chance to play uh, Sunshine properly or or Odyssey. Um, 
But I plan Sorry, to. Galaxy. Oh, Did Galaxy. I say Odyssey? Uh, I don't remember. I probably screwed yeah. it up, to be honest. But Galaxy. I didn't play yeah. Galaxy either. Um, yep. And I probably should have, but with a port of Galaxy, how does that? How would that work? Because I know Galaxy uses the the point and click of the Wii for collecting stars and stuff. I mean, I I presume like the Joy Cons will be enough for that. Like it's it's not it's not required of uh, like pinpoint accuracy. I think uh, from like from memory, most of Mario Galaxy, and I should know because I've fucking done that game over so many times. Um, is uh, more or less just the motion than than act the actual point and click of anything. I see. So, like the actual the actual point of. Uh, the motion controls in that game were more or less shaking, uh, pointing and clicking enemies and collecting star bits. And basically it was two player, but the second player would take over the indicator that collects star star bits and stuns enemies. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, like, it'd work fine, I think. But I, the problem the problem with that is as well is that you'd also have to make a very, very much more traditional controller method, I think, for the game. Um, yeah, since like pro controllers, to, yeah, they, they they'd have to um, replace the the point and click functionality of the Wii with with something, whether that be motion or um, just traditional button inputs. Mm, I mean, I feel okay. It, it could stay the same for the most part, I think, but. Um, given, given how much, uh, Pro Controller kind of butchers Odyssey in some ways, um, I know you haven't played it yet and we're going to, in, in the rec room, I'm actually going to ask you some questions about like games, uh, games you're going to pick up, yeah. but, um, the, in, in Odyssey, there is a slight issue with playing with Pro Controllers and that is you don't get all the same motions that you would on Joy-Cons with the uh, with the motion controls. Yeah. I mean, with the-, the other thing is, like, say you play it uh, handheld, right? Um, there's not really any motion with that. Not to mention mm. there's... But that does kind of fix the problem of the point-and-click controls because you could use the touch screen to collect stars, for example. Yeah. Um... That being said, shifting it back to Pikmin, um, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Pikmin, ever. That's because I've never played one. And I there probably should have, because they're puzzle games, and I love puzzle games. Yeah, it's like a miniature army simulator. Yeah, <laughs> like, like... down to a T. <laughs> like, I've, I've seen, like, little clips of it here and there. Like, it seems fun, but, like, for the longest time, I just didn't really have a... Uh, a Nintendo console. I had a Wii U for a while there, but I ended up not really using it much. Yeah. You know, as well, most people did. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And I, that like, you know, we all know the problem. I don't, I don't have to say it again on this show for the, for a thousandth time. So I'm not going to. Yeah. It's um, fine. <laughs> given, given, um, given you've never played a Pikmin game before, would it interest you to play three knowing that, really there's not much in terms of actual story connectivity i mean probably like um like for example it it would be like similar i imagine similar to people picking up um animal crossing new horizons when they haven't played say new leaf or you know uh city folk or whatever the others are 
Yeah, that's true. Um, and I mean, that's popping off right now. We've got uh, some sales figures in here that I'm going to talk about briefly as well. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested in Pikmin 3, it'll be out on the 30th of October. Uh, personally, I'm not sure if I will pick it up immediately. Uh, I think I put like maybe eight hours at best into Pikmin 3. I just, I, I personally lost interest and I can't remember why. I think it's because I got stuck and I literally didn't know where to go. So I just put it down. Well, so, maybe you should uh, adopt the the old Dark Souls adage then. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> no way in hell. Oh, Jesus, you don't want to you don't want to get good. No. Oh, very well. Not at Pikmin. <laughs> very well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll play it. I'll play Pikmin. Like it's another thing with with the with the Switch library. I've literally bought most of my games physical. So that I always have a constant collection of it, and I don't ever plan to sell them because I actually love the console so much in comparison to just about any other one that they've released. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a while since there's been a good Nintendo console, and I I know you're going to pick up uh, Pikmin Three, if not immediately, then eventually, just so you can continue your tirade of of physical Nintendo games. I need my library hoarding. Okay, yeah. like. That, that's just something I've got to do. Uh, moving on to the next one, though. We've got Nintendo trademark renewals might suggest return of 3DS games, which hasn't actually been reported on much because for a very simple reason in that trademark renewals happen all the time. It just it, it just seems a little bit off, Yeah, and, basically. And from what I saw, it, it seems more of a theory than any actual concrete evidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But essentially, uh, here is here is what happened anyway. Ocarina of Time, Kid Icarus, Nintendogs Plus Cats, Steel Diver, Eternal Darkness, and Mario Sports are all trademarks that Nintendo has renewed in Australia and South Korea. All with the exception of Eternal Darkness, were franchises or games that appeared on the 3DS. Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem was a psychological thriller that was exclusive to GameCube. The other games made use of the 3D gimmick of the 3DS, which has not really been revisited in any meaningful way by Nintendo. Again, these renewals probably mean nothing, but it would be a missed opportunity for Nintendo not to port them to Switch if they can. This was uh, from COG Connected. Um, now, it it is, it is literally just patent renewals, I think, and I don't think it really means anything. However, with Zelda's anniversary coming out next year, that's a good thing. Uh, Kid Icarus was a fantastic game for the 3DS that never got a sequel. Um, and then Nintendogs Plus Cats, I feel like they can always dip into the market thanks thanks to Animal Crossing. I feel like the slice of life gaming thing has obviously proved to be very effective oh, on the Switch. Absolutely. Like big time, and then Steel Diver, you know, the other the other three don't really matter unless you care about Mario uh, Mario Sports Mix, which, um, when we were discussing Hoops Three on Three, on the show the other week, it was sort of like you know, as long as you give us Strikers and Hoops Three on Three, I don't really give a shit about the rest of the Mario Sports collection at all, um, because those were the two best games. I mean. Uh, I heard good things about uh, Mario Tennis at the very least. Well, I mean, Aces Aces struggled for a bit. Like, okay, essentially Mario Tennis was... They had portable RPGs, which were good. Uh, they had the N64 game and the GameCube game, which were good. 
the Wii U game sucked ass, and then uh, Aces was released with very little substance and was slowly updated over time. Right. So it was sort of like, uh, you know, whatever. But then there's Mario Sports Mix, which was like five, um, five games in one. And it was like hockey, basketball, uh, hockey, basketball. Uh, God, I can't even remember now, but it, it was, it was released on Wii. And then Sports Mix 2 was released on 3DS, I think. And like, they basically had really down, uh, it was really watered down, um, sports games, which going back in Nintendo's library, you looked at their sports titles like golf or tennis, or they had Hoops 3 on 3, which was actually made by Square Enix and oh. was, um, really good. Uh, and Mario Strikers and Mario Strikers Charge, which were really good soccer games. Um, and then, you know, they just started doing sports mix instead of doing those titles and it really watered down the experience. Um, Strikers Charged on Wii was probably one of the most fun sports games ever created, honestly. I mean, yeah, like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of sports or even racing games. Um, mm-hmm. They never really caught my attention, apart from, like, a select few, right? Mario Kart being an obvious one, just because it's, you know, fun. Um, and I mean, the other that's... Is, oh, that's that's where the appeal was, though, is the same sort of way as Mario Kart. Yeah. Right? The, but for sports. The other one that got my attention when I was a kid was... Um, it was a, an old 2000s uh, dirt bike racing game called uh, Freak Style. <laughs> F-R-E-E, mind you. Oh my god. And it was the dumbest the dumbest game on earth. And it looks awful. Like I went back and looked at it um recently. It looks terrible. It's not aged well. <laughs> and and it was on the PS2 like <laughs> irredeemable. And uh but yet as a kid I just I loved it so much. Oh my god. See, I remember uh God, what was it? It was Motocross something 2000. Right. And that was like the only motorbike game I ever really gave a shit, a shit about and played. And the only reason I gave a shit about it is because I was like seven years old. You would... It had like open areas and you could just drive to the edge of a map. And as soon as you hit a wall barrier, it would cannon you back into the center. And that was the oh. entire fun of the game. That's That does sound hilarious. There was... Um... Firstly, uh, if I've got any, if we've got any freak style fans out there, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And secondly, uh, that reminds, that also reminds me, there was a, when I was even younger, there was this, there was a game you 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 rode around, you drove around in cars, and your whole objective was to just just destroy each other. Like your cars had like, you know, turbo boosts and weapons and stuff. And I don't. Re- I've I've tried to remember what this is called for years, and I've never managed to remember. Um, but I remember my favorite to go around just because it was hilarious was the school bus. Oh. So I just drive around in the school bus, and, like ram and and try and destroy like my 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 brothers and sisters in this stupid little game. 
trying to it sounds familiar that's i think that's the worst part of it is it sounds familiar oh uh, i'm sorry i've done this to you yeah now you have this scourge upon you night. as well god damn it <laughs> Why did I bring you on this show? Oh, uh, look, you asked for this. <laughs> I suppose. Wait, Twisted Metal? Are you sure? Hold up. Hold up, I need to look this up right now. I'm very sorry to, to divert, but... My housemate I mean, has Twisted just Metal. Me name. I mean, Twisted Metal was, like, one of PS3's biggest games. Twisted Metal. I don't think that's it. No, I think it it sounds like something completely different to it's be honest. It's very similar because Twisted, Twisted like I could understand. Yeah, I could understand where where that uh, where that sort of merge up would come from. I assume that was Renee in the background. Yeah. Um, Thanks, it, Renee. It wasn't as grungy as Twisted Metal. No, more cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I it, it, it definitely sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on it right now either. Yeah. But then again, I played a lot of those games yeah. where you trash other cars as a car, like yeah. Burnout. Yeah, Burnout and or... Uh, all that shit. What's the other one? Um, there was one where you didn't try to trash other cars, but your whole purpose was to just... just destroy your car doing stupid daredevil stunts. Um, but I can't remember what that's called either. <laughs> was that... That was a thing in... It was in Burnout as well. Yeah, it was in Burnout, because there was a um, a whole mode centred around it where you go off a ramp, and then you would just tilt your car yeah, you get, and like, ram into things. And stuff, yeah, you get, stuff, yeah. That was yeah. in, uh, I think that was World Tour. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in most of them, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure it was even in Paradise, which, you know, got a remaster recently. I played a bit of Paradise. I quite liked it, actually. Paradise is great. The only problem is, is that when they did the remaster, they get they made it really cheap on every other console, but made it stupidly expensive on Switch because EA sucks ass. Yeah, and Switch games um, never go on sale anyway, so. Well, that's why they do it, and they yeah. wonder why they don't sell anything on Switch. You know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Again, back, another back, another subject. We should, we should probably get back to the topic at hand. We should, but yeah. Anyway, basically, these 3DS games were. Uh, renewed of their trademarks but it doesn't necessarily mean anything but it does make me hopeful that maybe if this Mario collection rumour is true that this might be good for Ocarina of Time 3D that would be fantastic which is pretty much the only reason I put this article here if I'm honest with you I mean I I neglected to mention but Ocarina of Time is one of the other Nintendo games I kind of grew up on and I know it's a really good game I know it's got like a a uh like a mark on it for being, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, over, no, blast. Come on, it's gonna come to your head. It it, it will. I had the word like twenty seconds ago, <laughs> and uh, as I was saying the sentence, it's just noped out. Um. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. Like when when it gets hyped up more than it should, like people think it's the yeah. best game ever. I mean, we'll just go with overhyped. 
Yeah, but I like think that works, I guess. But at the same time, like the thing is, is declining. It's been declining over recent years on the internet, and people have been picking up Majora's Mask. Like that's the best yeah. game ever. Instead, I'm gonna remember, and like by the way, just as a precursor, I'm gonna remember that word later, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna yell it out with no context. And I'm sorry, but I are. can't help it. I do not expect any less of you, so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, moving on to the next one. Um, so now we have got something that really excited me and just about anybody that loves Atlas games uh, this week. And that was, uh, this is from my Nintendo News. Sega and Atlas planning more games for consoles and PC following Persona 4 Golden's PC port success. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so Sega and Atlas have announced that they're negotiating with platform holders to bring more of their classic games uh, and newer titles to both video game consoles and PC, following on from the the success from Persona 4 Golden on Steam. The types of games and titles they're planning to bring to the platforms are... uh, Platform holders' systems are console and PC ports, new multi-platform releases from the start, and bringing priority to Steam releases alongside console... And here is the interview question in uh, in question, I guess, that uh, sparked this. And then the question was, Persona 4 Golden has been selling well on Steam, but do you have any plans to sell newly released games on Steam as well? And the answer was from... I think it was just from the Atlas, re- Atlas re- representative. It actually doesn't say here. Uh, we remastered Persona 4 The Golden, a title previously sold on the PlayStation Vita and released it on, for sale on Steam this fiscal year. Because of the game's critical acclaim and its low selling price, sales were much stronger than we expected. We would continue to actively promote porting previously released titles to Steam and new platforms. We are also negotiating with platform holders for new games in the future and we're considering ways to sell under favourable conditions for each title. Among them are measures such as preparing PC versions of the title from the beginning with multi-platform releases in mind. Now, uh, when Persona 4 Golden came out and we knew it was coming out, um, there was a rumor, I think, like three days prior before coming out and then they announced it at uh, PC Game Show. Um, And then when it hit, which was, I believe, immediately after the announcement... Oh, yeah. uh, it, It sold like wildfire, right? And... That's mainly because there's literally no other way to play P4G without a Vita prior to that. And, and honestly, people that owned a Vita probably only owned it for P4G. Yeah, and I mean, that was the meme with it for a while, because that was pretty much the only exclusive that really mattered. Um, because it was such a huge, uh, a huge upgrade to the base game, much like most, you know... Uh, Persona titles are sort of, go- sort of going with Persona 3 Fez, uh, Persona 4 Golden, uh, Persona 5 Royal, um, and being what is in most people's eye- most Persona fans' eyes, I guess, is the best game out of pretty much all of them. Um, even with Royal gone past and everything, um, it just sold like wildfire, knowing that it was only 30 bucks. it was an enhanced port to PC... It worked with controllers, yada, yada, yada. Um, it just, it it blew up. And I'm really glad to see that this is sort of happening because really RPGs are 
great pickup put down tools for a console like the Switch. Um, but they're also very lacking on Steam in quality. Yeah. At least I personally think so. I mean, ports for RPGs are generally not very good, especially considering um, a lot of them really kind of flounder around with control schemes. Yeah, um, um, then like, like really badly. Yeah, and then there's, you know, frame drops or, um, you know, some random crashes here and there, stuff like that. Um, I mean, even a fantastic game like The Witcher 3 just had awful, awful mouse and keyboard controls. <laughs> it seems to be a huge case for that, especially in recent times. But, like... Even in the terms of the JRPG market, most of them do almost pretty much require you look at using a controller. It's like the concept of a mouse and keyboard in Japan doesn't really exist on PC. I think it's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy at the moment, right? They think, you know, most people, like people only play these games with the controller because mouse and keyboard controls just suck with them. So, you know, game devs don't really... uh, put much thought into mouse and keyboard controls because people are just going to play with controller anyway. But they're playing with controller anyway because mouse and keyboard controls suck. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's literally a roundabout thing. And like, then you've got people who are like, oh, well, I guess I'll just make a mod for it. And then, you know, depending on how Steam uh, Steam and uh, its anti-piracy handles that, you know, you might uh, be in shit and then get your Steam account banned or whatever just for making your, your play thing more comfortable. Um, but, however, did you buy Golden on PC? Oh, yeah. Um, Golden was a fantastic opportunity for someone like myself who hadn't played a Persona game before 5 to go and revisit those uh, older renditions of it. Right. Um and do you find the controls on that jarring? Because I think they're perfectly fine. Uh, they seem fine. Like, I play it... Like, the mouse and keyboard controls are fine. Um, I personally still play it with the controller just because... Um, you simplicity know, reasons. Yeah, simplicity reasons. And it's one of those games I just kind of want to sit back and, and play. Yeah, Whereas, which is fair yeah, enough. Which is easy to do with a controller. Like, you, you ever try and, like, sit back, like, lax back in your chair on a mouse and keyboard? It's very uncomfortable. No, yeah, you look like the guy from the World of Warcraft episode of South Park. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what, you, what you'd look like, right? Yeah. You've got Dorito dust on your shirt there. Or that, uh... Uh, the the current meme going around with the I think it's uh, Coraline's dad on the computer just <laughs> like <laughs> like dead eyed just staring at the computer just lazily slapping things. I love that meme. Oh, it's so good. I haven't even I haven't even watched Coraline. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. I think you'd like it. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's really good, Don't but I've just never gotten around with to it. The kids until they get a bit older. Uh, yeah, no, because I've I've seen. Yeah, I've seen some of the shit that would give you existential nightmares, so I understand yeah. that comment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, uh, yeah, it's great news overall. Uh, a lot of people have been clamoring for a long time for Persona to sort of move on to uh, different bases, especially considering that uh, 
Q and Q2 were 3DS exclusive titles and they were technically Persona games yeah, um, I mean, that mashed the worlds. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I personally, because I, I don't have a PlayStation right now, um, I would love, I know what happened for a while, but I would love to see Royal come to PC or Switch eventually. That would be fantastic. But I know it's a recent game, so, you know, the... Uh, the people at Sony are going to hold on to that uh, exclusive for as long as they can. I think they'll let go of it eventually. Um, but the other thing that's sort of promising on top of that is Scramble is on Switch. Yes. Um, which, I mean, you know, people... When when they said they had, like, a, an announcement and people were like, Oh my god, S, it stands for Switch. It's like, no, it's Scramble. And people were like, oh. But then they, said, then they were like, it's coming to Switch. And people were like, Yay. kind of a victory. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, from what I've heard, what from what I've heard, it's fine. It's a Muso game by uh, Koei Tecmo. I have yeah. to fucking always remember which way it goes. Um, I mean, uh, it, it it will come eventually. I just think it, you know Sony's going to want to hold on to that for a while because it baits people like myself into buying a console that they play one game on. Yeah, much like uh, the the recent Avengers news, yeah, from from Crystal Dynamics, where they were like, "Oh yeah, Spider Man's exclusive to PS." Yeah, and you're like, mm. <laughs> although uh, Atlas is a weird one, right? Because they they have almost all of their games exclusive, but exclusive on different platforms. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and I don't really understand the game plan, you know. Neither do I really, but I mean, the good news is, is like Catherine Fullbody come out on Switch recently, which is still going to get back to playing. I've, um, I've played that one yet. I played the original back when it was on, uh, like back when it was new on PS3. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it is it is basically just the golden of Catherine, right? Yeah. Like it's it's just extra content, but like, yeah. I I never played the original, so my intent with it was I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to play it and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it because I didn't really think about it much before, um, because P- Persona Five was the game that made me go shit. I like this company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was the same for me, right? Like I didn't, you know, back in like what was it, twenty eleven, twenty twelve, when I played Catherine. Um, yeah. I didn't really pay too much attention to game companies back then, uh, so I didn't even know Atlas existed until I played P5, and then later on I found out that Atlas made Catherine, I was like, huh, I have played a game from them before, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they just make good games, I understand now. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Yeah, but on your note of, um, you know, Full Body being, like, Catherine's royal... Um, these types of games, um, which I've noticed only really happens with uh, Japanese studios, um, just remind me of like the old uh, Kingdom Hearts final mixes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're they're very much the same uh, same thread there. Yeah, which you know it, it's pretty much one hundred percent on the money. Um, I think a lot of people think of it that way. Uh, I. The only problem I think is that. With the final mixes, I feel like in comparison to... And this is coming from somebody that's played more Kingdom Hearts than I've ever played Persona. I feel like final mixes didn't have as much additional content as maybe what the Persona games do. 
I mean, maybe. I haven't played um, any others than Golden or Original Persona 5. I know Kingdom Hearts 1 Final Mix didn't have a whole lot of additional content. Kingdom Hearts 2 had a fair chunk. Uh, yeah, it had a fair chunk, but it was, like, a lot of it was in, like, data battles and shit like that. Yeah. There wasn't... As far as from memory, and don't don't really, nitpick me. It wasn't really new story arcs or anything like that. Yeah, and there was no additional worlds or anything, right? No. Whereas, like in Persona Five Royal, they add in like a new district to go hang out in and do stuff in, and that adds more game plan. Then they add a whole new dungeon, and then yeah. they've got new characters and story arcs, and they've yeah. got like new endings and shit. Like it does, it does just feel like, like I see where you're coming from with the final mix thing, but it's sort of just like. It is Final Mix, but it's Final Mix Plus, yeah. I guess. There's just more content in it. And before before the Kingdom Hearts nerds come out and lash out at me for saying there's no new worlds, yes, I know there's new areas, and there's that tiny little zone that's technically its own world, but I swear to God, I will fight you all, hand-to-hand. <laughs> Shirts off, McDonald's car park. Let's go. <laughs> McDonald's car park, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you really want to, you really want to go that tra- that trash back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know they're going to do it, all right? It's I might as well just call it out beforehand. <laughs> all right, moving on to the next one then. Um so, this is from Nintendo Life and this is a big week. This is a very big week for one special company that I love so dear and that is Rare. Rare celebrates uh, its yes. 35th anniversary this week. It is as old as Mario, 35 years, um, and there was some stuff that sort of come out of it as well as part of the celebration. So, reading on, the iconic UK-based developer Rare this week celebrates 35th anniversary. <clears throat> Jesus, dry throat. I'm good. For any Nintendo fan, arguably its best years were around the time the N64 generation when it released one hit after another. We're talking Banjo-Kazooie, the first-person shooter Perfect Dark, Diddy Kong Racing, and who could forget the adults-only Conker's Bad Fur Day? To mark this special occasion, it released a bunch of merch on its official online store, including 35% off everything until this Sunday, and special soundtracks including a 35th anniversary collection and a snake, rattle, and roll vinyl soundtrack. And uh, as by the tweet by Rare, 35 tracks, big hitters and hidden gems, vibrant cover art, share in the anniversary love with a trip through a chronology of Rare tunes. The 35th anniversary collection by Rare All-Stars is available to stream for free from your platform of choice now. Seek it out and enjoy. And that's uh, available on Spotify, Amazon, uh, YouTube Music, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, TikTok. Uh, and then TikTok, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, which is you know in a in a state of disarray, uh, to say the least. in the in the US at the moment. But we won't go there. Um, so I guess question based on based on the fact that they've released a whole album. What what's the first song that sticks to you from a rare game? Well, obviously, but like, you, I don't know what you want from me there. <laughs> is is there is there a particular world theme or something? A uh, particular world theme would probably be the um, I don't remember what it was called, but the haunted mansion. Oh God! Um, 
I'm a big I'm a big Jesus. lover of all things spooky. Which reminds me, who is that? Who is that skeleton man with the bone drumsticks and the gem eyes? Because he's a funky guy. Uh, I'm looking at that picture right now. I'm trying to see what you're talking about. He's on the, he's ah, on the there. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> who is that man? I honestly don't know. That's completely thrown me off. I can I can put out most of them there. Uh, you've got uh, Cameo, Conquer, Banjo, Viva Pinata. Oh wait, is that Cameo um, on the top left? I think so. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I forgot. It would have to be I right. Forgot about Cameo. I loved that game. You, it'd have to be Cameo, right? Like yeah. that's the only thing that's sort of like in that more tribal aesthetic done by Rare. Yeah. And then you've got. Uh, three there that I can't 100% identify. Uh, you've got the Skelebro, the dude in the party hat, and then there's a robot in the corner, which I think is supposed to be something from... Um, God. Nintendo 64 game. I picked it up, and it was dead on arrival. Yeah, uh, in the bottom in the bottom left hand corner, you got the robot with the party hat and the artwork. Oh yeah, the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't nail down the name, unfortunately. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. It's jet. It's. I keep thinking back to Jet Set Radio, yeah, but it's not. not it, it's it's definitely not, um, but it is something along the lines of that. God, I can't remember. I, I just, just you know what? Let's have a quick peek. Right, have a you quick can peek. you can go and quietly Google that for a minute. But I think if there's anything that sort of harkens back to the soundtrack of Banjo Kazooie, if anything, is probably Rusty Bucket Bay. Rusty Bucket Bay is definitely one, or just uh, Grunty's <laughs> Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just think of the trombone, <laughs> like I fucking I love that soundtrack to death, and I hope that uh, there's I haven't been to it yet. Actually, I'm whether whether I have a look at it now, which I should be able to, right? Because Spotify is available on all devices. Yes. So let's have a look and see what tracks are actually available. Rare anniversary. Collection. No, not rate. Jesus, I hate autocorrect on phones. Mm. I actually, I could find it. There we go. The album. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what's on the album. Yep. Uh, the Battletoads title theme, Killer Instinct title theme, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs Chaos Mountains, uh, Snake Rattle and Roll, Jaws, so- Jaws Shores. Uh, Killer Instinct Gold, Jargo's theme, Blast Corpse. Maybe it was Blast Corpse, the robot. Blast anyway. Corpse? Blast, Blast Core? Yeah. Um, Simeon Acres, uh, Blast Corpse, Simeon Acres, Banjo Kazooie, Spiral Mountain, Jet Force Gemini is what I was thinking Jet of. Jet Force Gemini, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jet Force Gemini, 
SS Anubis, Jet Force Gemini, Water Ruin, Perfect Dark, Alien Conflict, Perfect Dark, Data Dine, Central, Defection, Banjo Tui, Mr. Patch. Oh my god, I hate that boss so much. Um, Conquers Bad Fur Day, Windy and Co. Conquers Bad Fur Day, Bats. Grabbed by the Ghoulies, Ballroom Disco, BK Grunty's Revenge, Spiller's Harbor. Uh, Saber Wolf, Title Theme HQ, Banjo Pilot, Witchy World, Perfect Dark Zero, Rooftops Escape. Cameo, Enchanted Kingdom. Oh, yeah, definitely Jet- Cameo, by the way. Yeah, it's definitely Cameo. Had to be. Jetpack Refueled, title theme. Viva Pinata, Oven Fresh Day. BK Nuts and Bolts, Testing Times. Viva Pinata, Pocket Paradise. Costal uh, Lots, Sure. Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise, Bedtime Story. Connect Sports, Eyes on the Prize. Connect Sports Season 2, Take It Back. Connect Sports Rivals, Team Spirit. Sea of Thieves, Maiden Voyage. Sea of Thieves, Beclaimed, Bonus 1, Ultimate Medley, Bonus 2, 8-Bit Medley, Bonus 3, Rare Replay, Bonus 4, We Shall Sail Together, Bonus 5, It's a Rare Shanty. So those were all the songs on the list. Look, okay, so there's a couple of things I want to bring up, right? Firstly, right. before we get yelled at, uh, it was not Jet Force Gemini you were thinking about for the robot, it was uh, Jetpack Refueled, or just Jetpack, I assume there's a an original that isn't refueled because that's usually a sequel title. Yeah, and I mean there was a jetpack refueled song in that list. Oh yeah, so there is jetpack. Yeah. Yep. Um, couple couple things I do want to bring up though, right? Um, I noticed there's no uh, there's no Donkey Kong songs on there. I assume that's because maybe they don't have the rights anymore. Um. I mean, there there was a big sort of legality dispute on like who sort of owned Donkey Kong stuff at the time. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so it was sort of like always bouncing. And I mean, eventually they sort of gave up the goat and let us have uh, uh, Donkey Kong 64 back and Donkey Kong Country back on Nintendo consoles. But because it was also a rare made game, it was like a legal weird thing for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, and I assume that's why it's not there. <laughs> no, no golden eye? Come on now. Uh, yeah, I would assume that's probably because it's a movie property. Yeah, probably. Like, oh. All those little things that are sort of like, you know, yeah. they're from other parents, yeah. it, it, it's probably just shaky. Yeah. There's also no uh, Battletoads. Yeah, no, there was. Oh, there was Battletoads? I must have just missed it. My mistake. Right at the start. I think there was like two Battletoad okay. songs. And, uh... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's my grabbed by the Ghoulies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure there's one song by Grab by the Ghoulies in there. Yeah. I, I, I was like trying to find... Um, yeah, you were trying to find things I was talking about. Yeah, I was trying to find it. Mr. Bone Man, but I couldn't find him. I, I never played Grab by the Ghoulies, so I have Wait, no... Wait, maybe he's from Grab by the Ghoulies. What am I thinking? This <laughs> <laughs> is a Bone Man. <laughs> I couldn't find the Bone Man. He's the Bone Man. He's literally a ghoul. We're not... <laughs> God damn it. I have never once but, um... claimed to be a smart man. No, I mean, neither did I. <laughs> uh... But anyway, regardless, uh, that is on Spotify. It's called the Rare All Stars and a Rare Anniversary Collection. So you can go and check that out on Spotify, Amazon, YouTube Music, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, and TikTok. And if you want to listen to some good tunes, especially by one of my favorite composers ever, Grant Kirkhope, you can go ahead and look at that. Now, where are we going? I can't believe you didn't call them Rare Jams. (sighs) (laughs) Stop. Again, regret. Because anyway. gems sounds like gems. Uh-huh. 
Ha ha. You're very funny. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, so, I can't... I, I think we talked about it last week, but Animal, Cross, uh, Animal Crossing has just absolutely smashed the charts worldwide, right? Oh, yeah. They're, um, they're huge. It's, it's the second best-selling game on Switch, above Smash Bros., which it overtook the record from, and it's very quickly heading to overtake Mario Kart... Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I think it's like maybe 4 million copies off and it's only been out it's only been out 6 months, not even. I think 5? Yeah, I think from memory the only game it's behind in Japan was Pokemon Red, Blue and Green, Red, Blue, Yellow. That is that is correct and that's where what we're about to get into. Uh Japan Animal Crossing New Horizons is the second best-selling game of all time in Japan. Yeah. So that's ridiculous. We have here, it says, Animal Crossing New Horizons has been a huge success for Nintendo and put things into perspective. It has been revealed that it is actually the second best-selling game in Japan of all time after the beloved Pokemon Red, Pokemon Green, and Pokemon Blue on the classic Game Boy. And then here's the look at the top best-selling games of all time in Japan. So at number one, we've got Red, Red Green, and Blue at 10 million. Animal Crossing New Horizons at 7.5 million. Pokemon Gold, Gold and Silver at 7.1 million. So it's actually outsold the sequels. Um, Super Mario Bros. on the Famicom at 6.8 million. Uh, number five, New Super Mario Bros. DS at 6.4 million. Number six, Diamond Pearl DS, 5.8 million. Animal Crossing New Leaf 3DS at 5.8 million. Pokemon Black and White DS at 5.5 million, Pokemon Ruby Sapphire at 5.4 million, and lastly, well, number 10, which is where we're going to end it, Animal Crossing Wild World DS at 5.3 million. So it's outsold both New Leaf and Wild World in five months in Japan. So that's one thing. And it's also almost topped the charts in only five months in Japan. Yeah, it's honestly, like, I expected it to be successful, right? But it's honestly just kind of ridiculous. Um, Well, I mean, it really picked up hype at the right time, I think. Like, considering that everything that is happening in the world, building up something like that and just being creative and having, like, them... While they're not real actual interactions, but, like, seeing little personalities come at you at the screen is, like, refreshing in a time of, like, emergency and stuff like that. And I think, like, a lot of people are just like, I need that in my life. I need cute things in my life, not disasters. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I fell for the same thing. Like, I heard, like, because I used to play New Leaf a lot with a couple friends of mine. Um, so I heard, you know, Animal Crossing New Horizons was coming out and I was hyped for it, but didn't have a Switch I didn't really plan on getting one just for New Horizons. But then, you know, all of this happened and we stopped being able to see people constantly and I was like, I need something to do. Yeah. So I, I, I just went out and I bought a Switch and Animal Crossing like maybe a few days after it came out. And Smash. And, Don't forget Smash. Well, I didn't get Smash until later when I was able to pick up a proper Switch because when I got... Uh, Animal Crossing, I I had to get a Switch Lite because they didn't have the regular ones in stock. Yeah, because it was the massive tech buy out. Yeah. How long How long was the wait? I I can't even remember. Uh, I didn't order one because I didn't have the money. Um, but I didn't order one until about 
uh, must have been like a month and a half, and I didn't get it for another two weeks. Jesus. Yeah. Because I remember that, like, in the US, there were people just buying literal tons of them. And then, um, if you looked on Amazon here, you would find regular switches selling for about 800 bucks. people scalping just regular switches to sell. Yeah, and I mean... So, EB could give you a rough estimate on how long it would take them to get some in. JB Hi-Fi mm-hmm. couldn't even give you that. That's how bad it was. Wow. Jesus. See, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that at the time myself. So, I guess that helps. But, like, yeah, just hearing that is a bit of a horror story, really. Because, you know, it felt like that there was always switches in stock. You know, you know what's worse, right? My my housemates, they wanted to buy some kitchen scales. Mm-hmm. We found none anywhere near us for like a week. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> kitchen scales. Of all things. Yeah. Um, couldn't tell you what that's about. Uh- <laughs> no. I have no idea either. Did people just like take up cooking? I, I, I could. Look, it's better than the alternative. <laughs> I mean, you're part of the problem, obviously. You're buying kitchen scales as well. You're actively out looking for kitchen scales. Well, yeah, we wanted one set of kitchen scales. <laughs> what, are you, are you telling me you weren't taking up cooking? Well, I wasn't. <laughs> I am now, you sure? but I wasn't. <laughs> See, you're part of the problem. I don't have kitchen scales. Well, the girls do, but I don't. <laughs> Anyway, so we'll move on from that. Obviously, that's uh, stupidly incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, honestly, I think you can attribute a lot of its success to uh, the fact that it is on a good console. Um, a lot of people yep. didn't really get into um, New Leaf because, you know, it was on, on the 3DS. Um, and, you know, a lot of people kind of looked down on handheld games for whatever reason. Mobile gaming came a thing. That's why. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. It really, it really started to tarnish the market in a different way. Yeah, it kind of seeped over to to people looking down on handheld as well, even though handheld games were just games, especially on 3ds. Yeah. Like they didn't really have much of the software required to, you know, have a lot of microtransactions in those things. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Alright, so we're going to move on from that one as well because we've got a couple more to get through and then a quick discussion after that. So, we've got Paper Mario the Origami King developer says they want to change the battle system in each game. And this is like, obviously something that sort of hit um, in in, an interview past the Origami King being released. um, And, you know, people clamoring for the Thousand Year Door as as like getting a remaster, which a lot of people thought for a long time was going to happen, and it's obviously most people's favorite Paper Mario, so it sort of just hit. Anyway, um, so this comes from my Nintendo news as well. Uh, German video gaming p- site PC Gamers have had the opportunity to, ch- to chat with Nintendo's very own Kenosuke Tanabe, who is the producer be- behind the recently released Paper Mario and the Origami King on the Nintendo Switch system. Tanabe told the publication that the team wishes to make innovations in each entry of the Paper Mario series, and one of those things, 
Uh, one of the things that the team has been tasked with is to change the combat system in each game to continuously give the series a fresh feel. The exact quote was, Striving to find new and innovative systems is the foundation of the philosophy my team and I are following when developing games. As such, I think it's nece- I think it's a necessity that the combat system changes in every game. Which... Uh, you know, that's that's the whole quote. That's the whole article. Um, but a lot of people, uh, while they while they are actually having like a decently positive reception towards Origami King, there are a lot of Paper Mario fans out there, or I would I should just say Mario RPG fans in general. Now that uh, Alpha Dream has gone under the bus and Mario and Luigi is kind of like in limbo as an RPG series, um, but Paper Mario. Um, Paper Mario stands, I guess we'll call them, really just want a thousand year door with its combat combat system back. But I personally think that Origami King is a pretty decent game. Um, and it's not quite the thousand year door like people want it to be. But what it does in terms of combat and how it acts in mastery is, you know, kind of fun. Um, I guess the question I'm going to put to you is um have you played any mario rpgs uh the only one i could say for certain i have played was i think i played about half of super paper mario on the wii right see that's the one i haven't played ah see uh i actually quite enjoyed super paper mario but that's that might be because you know i hadn't played any other paper marios i didn't have the that like a kind of biased vision you get from experiencing other games in a franchise right um so i don't know how good thousand year door is i haven't played origami king yet either but i have i've watched a few videos on it and honestly it it looks like a lot of fun the humor is interesting um and i enjoy that the combat system has kind of like a puzzle solving feel to it as well yeah and i mean uh, i do too and to be completely honest with you, um, I'm not I'm not missing traditional RPGs from Paper Mario, like RPG systems from Paper Mario too much. I think that the most concerning thing is probably the loss of party members, if anything, in Paper Mario uh, and the Origami King. Yeah, I saw I saw that you can't you can't issue commands to your your party members. They just kind of do their own thing. Yeah, because they don't really come along very often in this game. Like the first one, the first one you gets after the first the first major major area, you get him in the second area, and he becomes uh, a party member all the way up until the start of the third area, uh, and you know then then he's gone then he's gone again. Um, and they're like traditionally they've always been very entertaining characters, especially since Mario doesn't talk. Yeah. And they kind of need characters to bounce off of, and therefore that was sort of their thing. Um, which is, I think, why people are sort of like marginally frustrated that um, the companions don't really do anything anymore because that was such a huge part of, like, just, I guess, the comedy. It's not only that, right? In, in RPGs, it's kind, of, it's kind of important that you, you can you know, issue actions to your party members. Um, it, it gives a, it gives more of a strategy feel to it. You can kind of, um, you can kind of set up specific plays, like, 
stuff like that. Like it's it's kind of like an an important aspect of the RPG genre if there are to be party members. And I mean, I feel like you can still do that with just Mario and Origami King proves it, but it does. Yeah, it it does feel like a blanketed thing when your characters basically your party members are just sort of there along for the ride and don't really do much else. Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned, uh, I'm going to hark back to this for a quick second before I forget. You mentioned that, um, you know, Mario doesn't talk, so he needs characters to bounce off of. Um, One thing I noticed was that Luigi talks like full sentences, and that throws me off. (laughs) He does it all the time, too. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's not a thing I'm used to. I don't know if he does it in other games. But even in uh, Luigi's Mansion, he's just kind of Mama Mario. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think it's. I think it. Yeah, it'd have to only be. In uh, or in Paper Mario. It's it's because so in Mario because in Mario and Luigi they just go oh what a bee what a boo ba like literally yeah like literally that's all they do. That's the other game I didn't mention that I was playing. I'm still still running through Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm guilty of not finishing that one. <laughs> I'm up to like, oh shoot, where am I up to? I think I'm going. It's a fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. There's a lot of there's a lot of character in the game. Yeah, a lot of things big to time. collect. Like puzzles are interesting. Um, sometimes the puzzles for like the main story are actually harder than the, the like optional gems you have to collect, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I mean like I think I have to go back to the, the like basement two. I think that's where I am. I don't remember entirely. No. Oh, well. I have two toads. That's how I can. That's how I can. How I can sum up my gauge progress. your progress. Yeah, I'm at two toads. <laughs> oh, that's a big number. <laughs> well, there's only God three, damn. and then you know Mario and Peach. Yeah, true. I keep forgetting that the that you when you say two toads, you actually literally mean the two toads that were in the bus with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm now I'm more clued in because every time I think of toads, now I just think back to Origami King, and literally they're just everywhere. Paper <laughs> it's Mario, just like four hundred of them. It literally does not make any any semblance of like progress for me at all when there's so many toads in a game. Yeah, I think I'm about halfway through. I think remember when I boosted booted up last time, I I remember seeing that like half my little elevator buttons are lit up. Well, there you go. Yeah, that that that's a semblance of progress right there. Um. Anyway, we're gonna move on from that one, and the next two are actually sort of more or less. Uh, Quick, go grab these updates more than anything uh, before I love me some uh, they shit. disappear. Yeah, well, that's it. But the unfortunate one is this next one might actually already be gone by the time this episode hits. Uh, if not, if not, the people that catch the episode uh, like immediately, straight away, if they haven't seen this news, they can go and pick it up. And that is, uh, this is from Nintendo Life. Um, all Pokemon Sword and Shield players can get a free shiny Among Us this weekend. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield players can snag a rare shiny Pokemon this weekend thanks to a new code distributed by Pokemon Korea. The Pokemon in question is the Grass and Poison type, Amoongus, which would usually have red and white colouring rather than the blue you see above, which it's actually supposed to be purple, like a Master Ball. Right. Um, 
To get your hands on it, you simply have to press the X button in Pokemon Sword and Shield to access your menu, select Mystery Gift, and then choose to receive the receive a gift via the code. And the, the code is Trainer's Cup with the I being a 1. The Pokemon... So T-R-A-1-N-E-R-S-U-C-P. Wait. S-C-U-P, S-C-U-P. Yeah, no, sorry. I kind of like... Yeah. Anyway, the Pokemon you receive is actually based on the Amoongus used by Baek Jong-Yun, World Champion Senior Top 4 player at the 2019 World Championships. It's level 15, knows Clear Smog, Spore, Protect, and Rage Powder, and has very strong overall IV, uh, very strong overall IVs. Despite being a Korean giveaway, the code can be used worldwide, and it's only uh, available from uh, until uh, 1459 UTC on the 10th of August. However, Which is so make sure. AM for us. Well, for me. Is it? For me. Well, there you go. I might have to log on and do that real quick then. <laughs> yeah. Because I forgot. I haven't done it. But yeah, it's well, a free shiny Among Us based on the world champion, uh, the world champion senior top four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's... Um, um, this doesn't really tell me uh, if it's uh, like today or tomorrow. Like if it's, if it's in like an hour or if it's in 25 hours. That wouldn't be twenty five hours. That doesn't make sense. So yeah, that's that's you got about an hour <laughs> from now. So yeah. good luck uh, yeah. time traveling, my friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're gonna time travel all the way back. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah. By the time this episode goes out, most people will missed it, which sucks. But it was available to everyone. Uh, if you didn't catch it, bad luck. That yeah. that's uh, that's really sad. But it was a free shiny, and it was based on a competitive Pokemon used in Worlds. So. It was worth talking about real quick. <clears throat> but hey, and there was a couple of giveaways. But, so. But hey, now that you know that that's there, you can, uh, I don't know, try and farm one yourself. Yeah, you could try. But the other thing uh, the other thing that sort of came out for free uh, this week is uh, Tetris 99 gives a second chance to unlock three limited time Nintendo themes from next week. Uh, this is from Eurogamer. Um if you've managed to miss any of Tetris 99's sporadic limited time Grand Prix events since its launch last year, meaning you will have missed out on some of the game's event-exclusive theme unlocks, Nintendo has some good news. It'll be offering a second second chance to score three previous limited time themes as part of a special week-long event. Nintendo has given its latest event the entirely appropriate name of Twitch Tetris 99 Grand Prix Throwback Themes, or the Maximus Cup Second Chance Edition, if you're not in Europe, and proceedings get underway next Friday. From 14th of August at 8am until 7.59am on the 17th of August, there is a chance to secure the Animal Crossing New, New Horizon theme, and it's possible to snag a Luigi's Mansion 3 theme from 8am on Monday 17th of August until 7.59 on Wednesday 20th of August. Uh, it doesn't actually say much about... Oh, hang on here. Finally, Tetris 99's Ring Fit Adventure theme gets another airing on Thursday 20th of August until 23rd of August. And if you prefer Pacific time, check out the infographic thingy below. So, um, as most people will know with Tetris 99, uh, the uh, themes are limited run and they don't come by very often. And most people assume that we're just they were pretty much just one-offs. Uh, so if you missed any of these three, now's your time to go and get them. Um, for local times, you won't have to just go and uh, take a 
gander at uh, Nintendo's page to see uh, what the time is and then convert it. Um, it is a really good chance to get in on it. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you've only got a limited amount of time. I think it starts next week, right? Is that's what I said? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It starts on, I think it was the 14th? Friday, 15th. 15th. Yeah, so it's it's... It's Friday in the US this week, so um, it will be Saturday for um, Australia. And uh, yeah, you can snag up the Animal Crossing one, uh, followed by the Luigi's Mansion. Oh no, Luigi's Mansion one at the same time, and then bring Fit later uh, down the pipeline. So 10 days later. Wait, what are you, so, yeah. are you sure? Because it says from the 14th of August at 8am, uh, there's a chance to get the New Horizons one. And then from the seventh of oh, you're right. It's Luigi's Mansion. Okay, there you go. Yeah, they worded that. They've worded their article really badly. Yeah. Okay. Got to decipher this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, um, so yep, three themes to pick up. Look, Now's your time to grab them if you didn't. Yeah, if there's something to take from this, right? It's that there's free stuff on Tetris 99. Don't trust us on the times and dates, but it's soon TM. literally soon to end yeah 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 anyway with that really really long news segment um what we're going to do is we're going to throw it over to reggie's rec room because i want to ask you a question that you can talk about okay all right hi nintendo fans reggie here thank you for your never-ending support for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Welcome to the break room with our own personal Reggie. He will serve you alcohol. Uh, Captain and Coke. That's my, that's my drink Captain and Coke? Yep. Thanks, Reggie. You're a you're a champ. Absolutely, you know, if you could get that for us, you know, he. The thing is, is he's always standing there every week. Ever since he left Nintendo, he we just find him here. I'm not even sure. Like I know that this is supposed to be his room, but he kind of just ends up here. Like, you know, he's always going on these ventures. Like I'm going to go help run GameStop. Yeah. So was, <laughs> this, was this just the rec room before Reggie moved in? I mean, yeah, yeah, and then he kind of just showed up one day. Just like planted a flag, and now it's his. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he serves alcohol, so I, I guess that's something, right? Yeah, it's, like I mean, he's helping, he's doing his best. Unfortunately, he doesn't say much, so I don't know what the goal is there. Anyway, um, so for the rec room this week, I guess I just wanted to uh, elaborate real quick that you are a relatively new Nintendo Switch owner. Yes, yes. Uh, about well, two and a half months, maybe. Yeah. And there is already a huge library of games that has already come out uh, and you could possibly grab your mitts on and get right into, you know, playing some Vidya. Yeah. Um, my question to you is, overall, is as a Nintendo Switch owner, a new Nintendo Switch owner in 2020... Do you have a nice backlog of games that you actually want to pick up and play? 
ones that I have currently or ones that I plan to, to go out and grab at some point? That you that you want to go out and grab, and even even like looking forward into the future, what interests you? Uh, well, let's see. At the moment, uh, I would like to pick up, say, um, Mario Odyssey, of course, or even uh, Super Mario Maker Two. I feel like that has a lot of uh, replayability, just based on you know its place as a game. Right. Um, but future, I am very interested in Breath of the Wild 2. I haven't quite finished Breath of the Wild 1 yet. I'm inside my final uh, Divine Beast, which is the Goron one. Um, I don't quite remember its name off the top of my head. They're all Val something. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm not wrong. <laughs> you're not, I'm not wrong. wrong, but I ain't right. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I really look forward to that. I'm hoping that they uh, listen to the community feedback and really kind of delve into adding more typical Zelda dungeons. Because the Divine, like I know the, the shrines are supposed to be just kind of like a big shrine, just kind of separated. And the Divine Beasts are kind of the dungeons of the game, but they don't really quite fit the bill for me, personally. Um, yeah, and that's fair. Because yeah. they, they all only have, really have the one puzzle each. Like, even the Divine Beasts are just the one puzzle that you just have to kind of finagle with repeatedly. Um, and aside from that, I guess the only thing I could, I could hope for in the future is a good uh, Banjo-Kazooie game. <laughs> none of that none of that nuts and bolts going on I'm kind of hoping that like any partnerships that come through with Microsoft after their like big buddy buddy moment of 2019 20 or is it like 2018 I can't even remember I'm pretty sure it was 2019 yeah I hope I hope that we get like some of that stuff that just really needs to be there yeah and I mean I think I think there's a good chance for it too because there's it's a great time for it. What with the re like the, the remasters of Crash Bandicoot, uh, Spyro, um, and the new Crash Bandicoot game coming out, um, I think it's a fantastic time to delve into making proper remasters of games, not like you know HD texture updates, and then moving forward with that, depending on how the sales go. Do you see the Switch as, like, a good opportunity to pick up those collection games and sort of just have them handy, like the Insane Trilogy and all that? Oh, absolutely. Like, like Spyro or Crash would be absolutely great games to be able to play, um, you know, if you've got to, you know, get a train somewhere or if you're, you know, going for a road trip, stuff like that. Like, they'd be fantastic games to just be able to have on hand to kind of fill some time, um... Because I recent yeah. I recently just bought the Ensign trilogy on Switch, but I haven't actually I haven't actually gone back to it yet. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a hot tip, right? The first game is actually harder than it was originally. Yeah, I'd heard that. <laughs> and, and you know, a lot of people are like, "No, you just better the game." No, no, it's scientifically proven that it's harder because scientifically, it, it is in the original game right crash had a like rectangular prism shaped hitbox so you know when you landed right. on a ledge you typically just land on the ledge like if you land on the edge of a ledge you just land on the ledge you keep running 
but in the Insane Trilogy, he has an oval-shaped hitbox. So when you land on the edge of a ledge, you just slip right off. <laughs> Things I did not know. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, the, the big, long bridge levels have near pixel perfect jumps you have to make because they haven't they haven't compensated the levels for the change in hitbox. God damn. No, I actually I, I legitimately did not know that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like well there you go. <laughs> um, that's that's absolutely news to me. Yeah, well here's another piece of news for you. You can run along the ropes if you jump perfect enough. <laughs> In uh, what the, was it on called? The the, uh... On the first level, on the first game, yeah. Oh, you can jump up on right. and just run along those. <laughs> well, there you go. Is is that is is that like addressed in trilogy, or is it still I, possible? I did it in trilogy because I couldn't make the the pixel perfect jumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. They might have patched it out. Who knows? Uh, probably not. They probably just left it in there for shits and giggles. I can't imagine them doing too much work to those games. Probably not, no. Um, but- like the Spyro, the Spyro trilogy's nice and everything, but I don't think they'd ever patch anything that's like beyond, yeah. you know, minor fixes. Which is another point I'd like to make, is um, I'm really depressed. Not dep- I shouldn't say depressed, but you know what I mean. Really sad that the, uh, the new Crash game, It's About Time, isn't coming to... Uh, you know, like PC or Switch, uh, right off the bat. Uh, yeah, but that's right off the bat, right? Like, I'm I'm pretty sure they're still coming. Oh, probably. Like, they wouldn't port the collections to Switch and PC if they didn't plan on putting them there. You know. I mean, it's Activision. <laughs> yeah, and like that's just that's just me. Like, I don't have an Xbox or a, or a PlayStation, so like I only have my Switch and my computer. So, yeah, anything that's exclusive to those consoles, I can't touch. <laughs> okay. Um, well, on top of that, I guess the last question I will give to you for the rec room is probably, is there things that you want changed about the Switch and things you don't want changed about it going forward? Uh, you know my gripe with this. <laughs> this is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's a loaded question, uh, but that's the point. The goddamn Ethernet port. <laughs> Give me a damn Ethernet port. <laughs> Don't make me buy a, what, 400-something dollar console and then make me spend another 50 bucks to buy an Ethernet adapter. I swear to God. <laughs> Reggie, I'm talking to you, mate. <laughs> hey, hey, he's got no power there. Anymore, I know, remember? I know. All right, we're cool. <laughs> Yeah, he serves you the drinks. He doesn't yeah. do anything else with it. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I think the main uh, other issue I know of is um, I heard a lot of people have problem with uh, Joy-Con drifting, uh, and that's something that should be addressed in future um, because you can't have the main you know, uh, draw to your console, be, uh, well, have such a short lifespan before you have to replace them for, what, 120 bucks? I mean, realize, realistically, it needs to be addressed now, because unfortunately, Joy-Con drift even happens on lights, so... Yeah, and... It's, it's like, it's real concerning. Yeah, and 
you know, you can't just swap those out on a light, like, you'd have to send it out for repairs or get a, yeah, new, you do. Or get a new light. Yeah, you do, and like, there's no no way around it whatsoever. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard even the rare cases of it starting to happen on pro controllers. Really? Yeah, a couple here and there. Not as bad as the uh, as the Joy Cons. I mean, i've I've had I've had controller issues with other, um, I guess, I guess other boxes like uh, the Xbox's controller with its. Uh, like a really weird clicky joystick that like when you oh, rotate it yeah. you can feel that oh, and then yeah, I remember that and then PlayStation 4 I've always had like well not always had but I've had a couple controllers where the trigger hinges have broken yeah and then like you like for them to like functionally work as a decent trigger anymore you'd literally have to go and manually manually re- uh, replace the uh, actual hinge yeah. inside the trigger because they're only made of plastic, they're not metal. I miss the old days. Um, like here, here comes your your boomer moment. But I miss the old days where you could just chuck PS One controllers at a wall and they'd be fine. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, like those things would last years. But so far, like I haven't had any had any problems with my Launch Day Pro controller. So I don't know whether that's like, um, just I guess a launch day controller thing like the, the launch day controllers are just better made or it could also like be i'm not sure what a, the deal is there. Of, you know the internet being dumb and buying bootlegged controllers and then complaining that they're that garbage you know you could be right there too yeah. like at the end of the day we were skeptical about joy con drift stuff for a little bit because when it first started hitting um uh, hitting the talking point uh, Drew just had two Joy-Cons go through his in his jacket pocket, go through the wash, right? And they come out, and they were fine, except for, like, broken LED lights on one of them. Huh. That's... A- apart from that, they were fine. So, we were a little bit skeptical for a bit, just, like, are people mistreating their controllers, and they're just complaining because they're, like, throwing them at a wall, but they're only flimsy controllers? But no, yeah, it actually turns out it's a very serious thing, and you know, that really needs to be fixed up and done up, but... Yeah, I mean, that's why I don't really use my, my uh, Joy-Cons all that much. Um, I only really use it if I'm, like, going on a long train trip somewhere or something like that. I'll typically just have it plugged into my TV and use my, uh, the, the Pro GameCube controller I got. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've got a, um... They're not, uh, no, they're micro Joy-Con replacements, but they're like a, a big, big hoary gamepad type Joy-Con things, and they're really, really, really comfortable because they're more like akin to an actual gamepad. Ah, uh, yeah. And because, because I'm a dude with big hands, like it's sort of just, uh, it's a lot more convenient. The problem is, is that there's not a lot of cases that fit them, so I kind of have to like take them off when I'm done using them to put the switch in a case and then have like them sitting in a separate separate pocket of my bag or something. Yeah, um actually I have a piece of advice for that. My friend bought a um she didn't buy a typical switch case. She bought a uh like a uh, like a proper DSLR camera bag. Oh right. And that fits yeah. her switch and all of its stuff perfectly. Hey. Damn. I mean, I had this, uh, like, this Zelda-specific, uh, this Zelda bag that was, like, specifically made for storing and carrying, uh, all your Switch shit, and it was, like, the size of, like, a mini laptop bag, but, 
Um, it's it's sort of gotten old because I bought it near launch day, and it's sort of like yeah, getting a bit getting a bit worn down, you know. And living in a house that gets quite damp, it gets it gets a little bit of mold on it, and then you're like, yeah. Yeah. So DSLR camera bags, I'll have to remember. Yeah, it. just have a look inside and like, uh, you know, have a look what compartments it's got, and whether it'd be suitable for carrying a switch around. Yeah, I don't mean it'll work. Surely. If it, if it's working if working for your friend, I'm sure it'll work on my end anyway. I've got a lot of shit to carry sure, but yeah. I'll have to take a look at it rather than actually like looking at regular switch shit. Because there there is there is literally just so many bags and stuff that doesn't fit the mark. Yeah, it, well it's because, you know, uh they don't really want to make big bags for these because they're supposed to be part of their marketability is that they're, you know, mobile, pretty easy to transport things, so they don't really want to make these big bags for them because that kind of goes against that marketing point yeah you're not wrong and like i can see how that is but at the same time with somebody that likes to take their switch places and plug it into a tv and like have a party party friendly time like as a family dude like it it just it kind of makes sense to still have those accessories around yeah i mean absolutely um me and my friends actually uh i'll have to take my switch with me on Saturday because we're going to uh, one of those, uh, you know, hire out the cinema and play your video games on the big screen type things. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a great time. We're going to play Mario Party. We're going to play Guitar Hero 3. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I miss Guitar Hero 3. Oh, it's the the good stuff. Um, Thanks for that. You're welcome. And yeah... uh, God damn. I think there's like eight of us going, so it comes out to about 50 bucks each. Actually, I don't think there's eight. Yeah, I think there's like five or six. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, it comes out to about 57 each. You'll have to let me know about it. Oh yeah, we're, we're taking Snapchats, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I'm not on Snapchat then. Alright, I get to avoid you. You are on Snapchat. Anyway. I have you on Snapchat, you just never you know check it. Because uh, I don't have it installed. Nah, you <laughs> yeah exactly alright and I guess we'll end the show there uh, thank you to everybody uh, who's listening right now to the House of Mario episode 154 this outro is going to be stupid messy because I'm not Drew uh, and if you I'm could do also us- not Drew he is also not Drew. If you would uh, like to support us, you can do so by going and giving us a nice cheeky five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. And uh, you can find the show on Twitter at The House of Mario. You can find Drew when, you know, I mean, he's not here, but you can find him at iDruby if you want to. And you can find me at IVRevan. Uh, Oliver Peachy, is there anything you want to plug at all in terms of socials? Uh, no, not not particularly. Like, uh, there's not really any point right now until I get my stuff up and running, so... Yeah, that's very Should true. Right. I mean, like, you, you've you got Twitch and stuff in the future, but, like, you know... Yeah, when I... When that, I that, all, that all comes down to hardware. Yeah, that all comes down to upgrading my computer when I have the money, so... Not any point for yeah. the moment, because uh, I have no idea when that'll be. Yeah, but otherwise, you can find him in the House of Mario Discord, which... That you can. You are definitely in. Um, anyway, thank you, everybody, once again, for listening to The House of Mario. Thank you for having and me, the, and also to the viewers the, for putting up with me. I was about to say, thank you for coming. Yeah. 
you definitely uh, gave me a job, especially since, uh, you know, Drew... Uh, Drew was supposed to have his teeth out this week, and I never, I never got to telling you this, so I'll briefly explain it oh, yeah. afterwards. But uh, yep, yep. long, long story short, it got cancelled. So uh, he was like, "All right, I'm going to take the week off anyway." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you do, you buddy. You do this every Look, week. It's, so, it's fine. It's fine. What's about it?" Anyway, the doors to episode 154 are closed. This week's jukebox is. A custom remix of the Mission Mode theme from Pikmin 3. So, enjoy that, and until next time, see you later. Bye.